Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Last week, we talked about the introduction to our family and why God gave us our family. And that the family is God-ordained. It's the first institution that God ordained. Before the church, before anything, God ordained the family. And God set apart the family. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize how important your family not only is to you, but to everybody else. Your family is crucial in our society. Part of what I talked about last week was how the family is under attack in my introductory remarks. And you can look anywhere and see the fact that the family is under attack. And I believe that the, the devil is attacking family so hard because he knows that if the family falls apart, the church falls apart. So with that being said, not only has he attacked the family, but I also believe that he's attacked the purpose of the family as well. We've lost sight of the purpose of the family. Your family has a purpose. It has a cause. It has a reason to exist. And we must understand that purpose. And it's a God-ordained purpose. It's nothing that we can, that we, you know, make up in our own mind. But God has ordained our families for a purpose. He put you with your spouse for a purpose. Have you ever considered the odds, the odds that you had to go through to meet your spouse? I mean, I was born in the back backwoods of West Virginia, and my wife was born in Spokane, Washington. And how in the world did that ever work out? You see, but God put us together. God brought us together in a supernatural way. And folks, you have to understand, that's how God works. Now, I know a lot of times people sit back and they say, well, what about divorce and remarriage and all of this stuff? It happens. It happens. But let me say this. It's not a reason that God cannot use you. God cannot use your family. He can. I believe that people marry out of the will of God all the time. I believe that families fall apart out of the will of God all the time. But we have to understand that God is a loving God, a gracious God, a forgiving God. And as we're going to see here in our passage in Genesis 2, when we get to that point, God said it's not good for a man to be alone. We just don't function right by ourselves. And if the rest of the guys in the room are honest, you'll nod your head this way, because it's true. We do not function well by ourselves. We just don't. So what I'm saying is God can use your family. Don't put restrictions on it. God can use and will use, and he has a plan for your family. So that's what we're going to look at this morning, God's purpose 
of the family. So let's all stand together here for just a moment. And let's see if this will work. There we go. And we're going to read Genesis 1, 26 through 31. And I really believe in, um, I'm not going to call it a doctrine, but the thing of first mention. A lot of times when God is teaching us something, if you find the first mention of that in Scripture, you'll learn a whole lot about that, about that thing. So here in Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter of the Scripture, look what we find. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth and every tree, and the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, look at this, it was very good. Not just good, but very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Brother Dean, would you pray for me and pray for the message? Amen. You can all be seated. We see the family under attack more and more and more each and every day. If you begin to look at how God established the family, he established an order that the husband is the head of the home as Christ is the head of the church. He's established that a mother and a father are to raise their children and to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. These are biblical concepts in which we must we must order and direct our families. But yet we see today that what's the government trying to do? We see that the government is trying to take that leadership away from the husband. We're seeing that they're trying to take the authority of the mother and the father away from the family and to place it in the public school system to train those children in the way they think they should go. But ladies and gentlemen, we must raise our children in the way they should go. It's your responsibility, your God-given responsibility to raise your children in the way they should go. And we too easily, we too easily fall into the path of, of just kind of going along with the flow and allowing them to take this God-given responsibility away from us. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you that we must do everything we can to maintain the God-given responsibilities that he's given and bestowed upon us and blessed us with and not allow anyone to take those things away from us. If the family fails, the church fails. If the church fails, society fails. And if society fails, what do we have? We have utter chaos. The family is the institution upon which God has built 
has built this land, has built this church, has built his directive. But God's given the family a purpose. Can I say that the family has lost its purpose? When we look around today, uh, the family's lost its biblical purpose. You have a purpose as directed by God, and your family has a purpose as directed by God. How awful it would be to get to the end of your life and realize, realize that you missed God's purpose for your life. How awful would it be to get to the end of your life and realize that you've missed God's purpose for your family? It's the blessing of God. And I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing on my life, on my family's life, on our church, on our society, on our country, on our world. It'd be terrible to get to the end of your life and realize you'd spent your life simply breathing, consuming products, sleeping, and not living up to your purpose. And you know what I feel we have in society today? A lot of people doing just that. The degradation of purpose today is appalling. It's appalling. I tried to find something on the internet as a video, and uh, I couldn't figure out how to download it, but I found this I found this video of two teenagers trying to figure out how to use a rotary telephone. And it was absolutely hilarious. For eight minutes, they fought this telephone. And by the time it was all over, they still hadn't figured it out. You know, today it's too simple to just take your phone and say, call home, call wife, call hubby, call the, call the child, call work. We don't even remember phone numbers anymore. You all remember the day when you had to remember everybody's phone number? Huh? Now you get it programmed to your phone, what do you do? You forget it, right? You see... We have lost our purpose. You say, well, what's that got to do with purpose? I'll show you. We've become lazy not only physically, but mentally. You see, the whole, the whole thing of our society today, can I say this, spins around computers, computer chips, all these things, everything that was supposed to make our life easier. I began, I began my engineering career in 1979 as an 18-year-old kid fresh out of high school, and I started as a junior draftsman making $230, no, $600 a month. How about that for back in the old days, huh? But a gallon of milk was a dollar, and gas was 40 cents, and you know, on and on and on. But I remember... When I started, we started out drawing by hand. And I'm really going to date myself with this, but I used to know how to use a slide rule. And some of y'all have never even heard of one before. But it was basically like a mechanical calculator that you could use to do all kinds of neat things with. And I promise you, if you handed me one today, I wouldn't be able to show you how to use it anymore. 
Then the next thing was we all wound up with calculators and just started punching buttons. And a couple years after that, the first computer showed up in our office. An Apple uh, just had a green monitor on it. And we began working with that thing and writing simple programs for it to do simple mathematic calculations. And we really thought we had hit the big time. And everybody told us, this is going to make your life easy. All it did was complicate things and make the boss want more and more and more and more. You see, because of these things, we've got to the point where we've created a life of entertainment. Y'all with me so far? Y'all hang on. How many channels do you have on your television set? I mean, hundreds. You'll never watch all of them. You can, you can go to different things on your television. You can get movies. You can get old TV shows. Jerry and I have been watching Perry Mason. What a lot of fun that's been. Uh, you know, uh, that and the Rockward Files. I mean, we, you, you know, you watch, you know what's cool about those old shows? They're clean. You know, they don't have all the junk in them, you know. But, uh, but I mean, you can get any movie, any television program. You can get any football game, baseball game, basketball game. You can get soccer games. You can get billiards. You can get uh, cornhole. You get all kinds. Of, what? Who in the world is going to watch a cornhole match? I do not understand that. But what? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, we have all this kind of entertainment today. Then you have Playstations and Xboxes and Wii's. And not only do you have to, now that you can not only uh, go against yourself or against someone else in the home, but now you can, you can combat somebody on the other side of the world. We've got to the point where we've become couch potatoes because of all this entertainment. Man, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and summer vacation came along, we were outside. I mean, we left the house at 8 or 9 in the morning, and we didn't come in till it turned dark. And if we did run into the house, the only thing we ran into the house for was to grab a sandwich and a glass of milk, and back out the door we went. Huh? Now you have kids today, well, I don't want to go outside. It's too hot. I want to watch a movie. I want to play a game. I want to do this. Man, when I was a kid, you go outside, you pick up a stick or a rock and throw it at somebody. We had fist fights. We had all kinds of, but I'm telling you, we found a crick to play in. We did something outside. Am I right? But you know what's happened? We've become a bunch of couch potatoes, people who are more focused on leisure. And the sad thing of it is our children and our grandchildren are learning to sit on their blessed assurance, amen, instead of being able to go out and do something and learn something. We learned how to take things apart. And sometimes we learned how to put them back together again. We knew what it was to get on a bike without a bicycle helmet and ride for 50 miles. We knew what it was to go fishing. We knew what it was to entertain ourselves and find things to do. We built tree houses. We built forts. We had, we had two or three black walnut trees out, in the, out from where I grew up. And in the fall, we used to gather them things up when the holes would get mushy and everything. And we'd knock two picnic tables over and we'd have walnut fights. We'd get garbage cans. You remember the old metal garbage cans? Amen. They had the nice metal lids on them with the handle in the middle. Boy, that was a great shield, you know, and you could hold that thing up and throw those walnuts and other people, they'd hit you with them. And you knew you got a hit because that brown stain would go all over them, you know. I, I mean, this, you understand? This is the difference that we see in our society today. 
And everybody, by the time it was all over, everybody went home friends and everything was cool. There wasn't any problem. I think our society would be a whole lot better off, and this is my opinion, okay? But when I was growing up, Brother Terry, if you had a problem with another kid, you solved it. Right? I think it'd be a whole lot better off if kids could solve their own problems instead of mom and dad and teachers and everybody else getting involved in it. Hey, natural <laughs> natural selection will work out. <laughs> you know, the strong will survive. But here, that's the problem that we have in our society today. And because we have these problems, because we have all these leisure things and luxury things and so on and so forth, the family's lost its purpose. When I was a, when I was a, when I was a teenager, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, man, I went out and I mowed, I shoveled gravel, I'd trim, trim lawns, do whatever I could do to make a dollar. Hey, Mom, give me 20 bucks. People today think they deserve it to be given to them. No, the Bible says if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. We've lost the ability of instilling in our children a work ethic. Am I right? And because we've lost that work worth ethic... In individuals, we've lost the work ethic in our family. And because we've lost that work ethic in our family, we've lost the purpose of the family. I'm not getting a whole lot of amens, Brother Dean. I'm not sure if I'm... But I'm speaking the truth. And I think you all know I'm speaking the truth. We're more concerned about internet speed than anything else. <laughs> he that loveth pleasure, pleasure shall be a poor man, and he that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. You know what society spends on today? Is that right there? Ecclesiastes 2.1, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. It's vanity. But see, we think that's the whole reason to live. And that's what society, our children today, teenagers think, that's what it's all about. But the Bible tells us it's vanity. People today have forgotten what it is to use their hands. We've forgotten what it is to work. And this all leads to the purpose of the family. Let's look at Genesis 1, 26 through 31 in a different way. Notice what I've highlighted. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now notice this. And let them 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Do you know what I see there? I see a responsibility that God gave to Adam and Eve. Let's go a little further. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So we're created in the image and likeness of God. And what we saw in creation in the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, what did God do? He created. He made something. He did something that has a purpose. And he gave his creation purpose. Does God have a purpose? We're created how? In his image and in his likeness. Therefore, if God has a purpose, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You have a purpose. And God what? Bless them. You want God's blessing? Sure. How do you bless them? And God said unto them, be, number one, what? Fruitful. Number two, multiply. Number three, number four, subdue. And number five, to have dominion. You know what I see in each of these five things? There's a responsibility and a purpose that God has given to the family. He starts off by saying to be fruitful. And I know a lot of us, a lot of times when we read that first off the bat, we think, have a passel of kids. And you should have all the kids God can bless you with. But not only is fruitfulness in relationship to having children, but it's also being productive. God said by being fruitful, we are to be productive. Then the next word we find is multiply, which means to increase or cause to increase. You know what I found out? I found out when I got married, guess what happened? My responsibilities increased. Then 11 months later when Elizabeth showed up, guess what I found out? My responsibilities increased. And then a little while later, Andrew showed up. And guess what I found out? My responsibilities increased. And then not too long after that, our daughter Faith showed up. And guess what happened? Responsibilities increased. Then Adam came along. Yeah, you got that right. Then it increased. And then finally, little old Mikey showed up. I say little old Mikey, about that big. You know, he's a big old boy. But what I'm saying is with each child, guess what increased? Be fruitful, multiply, it increases. 
our responsibilities increase. The more kids we had, the more I had to work. The more I had to earn, the bigger house we had to have. We had to forget automobiles. Let's start driving vans, you know. I mean, you see, the responsibilities increase. And ladies and gentlemen, as you're fruitful, as you multiply, what happens? Our responsibilities increase more and more and more and more. He says to replenish the earth. That's a weird word, isn't it? He didn't say to plentish the earth, but God said to do what? Replenish the earth. Well, what do you know about that? I thought Adam and Eve were the first ones around. We'll get into that another time. but it was a responsibility given to Adam and Eve to replenish or to refill the earth. Then he says this, subdue it. Subdue it. You know what it takes to subdue something? A four-letter word that none of us like. Work. And not only that, they were to have dominion over it, which means they were to rule, have sovereignty over the earth. These are God-given responsibilities that were given to Adam and Eve. Now remember when we first started reading this, if I can get back to it, and God did what? Do you know how God blessed them? Those five things right there. He blessed them by giving them responsibilities. I'll give you something to consider. You know what is at an all-time high in our country today, in our world today? It's mental illness. Nicole, am I right when I say that? You know what I found out? When I'm having a hard time up here, this clears up when I go to work. When I find something to work on, something to do, something to be productive, the problems up here tend to go away. The problem, I believe, that we're having such a high volume of mental illness today is because people are not doing what? They're not working. You want people to, I mean, you want to you want to defeat mental illness in our country? People need to go to work. And I don't care what it is. They need people, listen to me, listen to me. People need to be productive in society. God gave the family responsibilities to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Is that a purpose? 
Is that being productive? If God gave that to the family, he also gave it to the individual. Amen, 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 and amen. And when we are not fulfilling the responsibilities that God gave to mankind, we drive ourselves nuts. Amen. Brother Gordon, can I tell you something about my mother? Yeah. She never worried about me. You know why? She always knew where I was, number one. Number two, she always took care of me. And number three, if I messed up that much, there was a switch on top of the refrigerator that had my name on it. You know what that tells me? My mama took her responsibility seriously Am I right? She didn't worry about me. Because let me tell you something. She knew how to adjust my attitude and my way of thinking right quick. And it worked too. The Bible says, the rot, bring up a child. I'm trying to think the verse now. Help me out. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But what's the rest of the verse say? But the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. You know what's wrong with this world today? There's no rod. There's no discipline. There's no consequence for wrongdoing. That's the problem. Man, I remember when I was a kid, it was nothing to see a kid snatched up by the hair of the head and drug out of the grocery store out to the car for mom and dad to do some business. And everybody knew what was going to happen to that kid when they got to the car. And back in my day, they was other mom and dads, amen and mom and dad, for dragging that one out of, out of the store. You see, we've lost our purpose. And now society is beginning to pay for it. Everyone's going, what happened? We've failed to maintain the godly purpose of the family. Genesis 2.15 And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to what? Dress it and to keep it. This is a responsibility that God gave to Adam. He didn't just set him in the garden and say, well, y'all enjoy yourself. I'll see you in a couple days. He put him to work. If y'all ain't figured it out by now, you know what God's purpose is of the family? To work. Look at this. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. And the Lord God said, it is not good. 
that man should be alone. Fellas, would y'all amen that right there? I sure will. Amen, amen, amen. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Now, ladies, when you read that, do not degrade yourself or beat yourself down because of how, how that sometimes that's read, okay? And I'm going to show you why in just a moment. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Talk about a mind. Can you imagine? No databases, no spreadsheets. But he named all these animals. Hey, look here. Have you ever heard this say, we have discovered a new life form on the earth? No, we haven't. We just ain't seen it in a while. But notice this. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. He took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Capital W. Y'all catch that? God capitalized that. You know why, Ron? Because that's how important the woman is to him. And that's how important a woman is to be to us. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now back in Genesis chapter 1, God said we're to be fruitful and what? Multiply. Multiply. But two come together and they make one. It's not one plus one. It's one multiplied by one equals one. Isn't that cool? Now, watch this. God gave these responsibilities to Adam, but Adam knew he could not do them alone. God knew that Adam could not do them alone. So God gave Adam, interesting term, help meet. Ladies, you know what your responsibility is to your husband, to your family? It's to help him, help them meet the responsibilities that God has given to the family.
preaching up a storm, ain't it? It won't fall in. Now look, when we see the proper position, responsibilities for the individual and the family, that's when we're fruitful, we multiply, right? Y'all with me? God's purpose of the family is for us to be productive, for us to increase, for us to grow, for us to subdue this world, for us to have dominion over it. But you know what it takes? Work. If you've been married more than five years, you know what you've learned about your marriage? It takes work. But can I tell you something? The longer you're married, the easier it gets. The hardest year of a marriage is when? The first year. You think you know that person when you marry them? Forget it. Live with them for a year. You see, no matter what we do, God intended for us to do what? To work. God intended for us to have a purpose. He intended for the family to be fruitful, to multiply, right? All those things. A man's to leave his father and mother and to cleave unto his own wife. The wife is the help be given to the husband. Now, if you don't believe what I'm saying is true, oh, I lost it. Where'd it go? I missed a verse somewhere. But there's a verse in Ephesians chapter 2 that says this. I know I've got it in my notes. I told you I'd mess that up before it was all over. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The purpose of the family is to fulfill the responsibilities that God has set before us. The, the, the purpose of the family is to be fruitful, right? To multiply, to replenish, to subdue, and to have dominion. God has given us a specific charge in our families. God has given us a specific responsibility 
in our families. And because of that charge, because of those responsibilities, God has also given us specific rights. Our right to train up our children. Our right to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Our right to assemble ourselves together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but to come together and to worship. God has given us the right of family devotions. He's given us the, the right of private time with Him, of prayer time with Him. He's given us these rights. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He's given us these rights. So preacher, why is the family falling apart today? Because we've given up and given away our rights. This is the purpose of the family. This morning, Jerry and I got a video from our son, Michael. And Michael was at their church, and he, he's their, oh, I don't know what you call it, production guy, sound guy, video guy, all, all of it rolled into one. He takes care of all of that. So he was there at 8 o'clock this morning getting everything set up for their service. And our granddaughter, Rose, This is a blessing, man. I, I cried when I saw this. Rose is how old, Jerry? Seven? Seven years old. He sent a video of Rose standing on the platform, just the two of them there. And he started playing the music to this song, and the words were coming up on the screen like they do. And Rose was just belting it out at the top of her lungs. You know what that shows me, Brother Gordon? Fulfilled. The purpose was fulfilled in our family. And now my son is taking the purpose of his family and fulfilling it in his family. My mother and my father drugged me to church every time the doors were open. I got saved at nine years old in a revival meeting on a Sunday night. I was baptized in that church. I was a part of the youth group in that church. God began dealing with me about the call of ministry in that church. We did everything we could to bring our children up in the nurture and ammunition of the Lord. God has called our son Adam as a missionary to Thailand. We got another video the other day of him and his son Jack singing in the car. And Jack's is two years old, soon to be three. 
But Adam would go, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And Jackson would throw his hands up in the air and go, praise ye the Lord. My grandfather was a preacher. And the Bible says that he will bless the man. How long? To the third and the fourth generation. You know what I believe that Jerry and I are being allowed to see in our family? The blessings from my grandfather. Blessing our family. Seeing these little children now sing praises to God. But you know what it takes? Work. Work. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching all this? Because I want Grace Missionary Baptist Church. We may not be the biggest, but I want us to be the strongest. And how do we become the strongest? By having the strongest families in the church that are following the principles and precepts set in the Word of God. That's why. You know what I'm begging God for? I'm looking for about 10 families to come running in here. They got six or seven kids in each one of them. Why are you, why are you praying for that? That's the future grace. If we don't get the kids in here and those families in here, what will happen to this church? But you know what it's going to take? It's going to take us fulfilling the purpose of the family. And as we fulfill the purpose of the family, we fulfill the purpose of the church to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's our purpose, church. But it takes us having strong families with strong convictions, fulfilling the purpose of the family as God has established and ordained. So my question to the church today after all of that is this. What do you want? I've told you what I want. I told you what I believe God wants. The question is, what do you want? Let's all stand for a minute. The Bible says in Psalms 35, 27, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Psalms 103, verse 21. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of His that do His pleasure.
can I say this? It's time for us to go to work. Okay, go ahead and play something. And I'm not going to get specific in the invitation. The invitation is real simple. If God spoke to your heart this morning, you need to come. You just need to come. Come pray for your family. Pray for your church. Pray for your country. Just come. Just come.